0: Christmas, love, 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 love Christmas, I am sad that my family will not be here, but I am excited that you guys get to experience Tim and his creativity, which could be a good thing, could be a scary thing, could be an awesome thing, we'll soon find out, right? Although he does pretty well, wouldn't you agree? Come on. Tim does an awesome job. He really does. He does a great job for us. He does a great job with the kids. Willie coming on staff has been a huge help and a blessing. Cannot wait to see what God does with him. And now having Debbie anchoring us and holding us in tight-knit spot as a mother should because she's got three young kids now that she has to monitor. She said pray for her. Those three young kids are me, Tim, and Willie. She has to monitor us. That's a lot of work. We definitely do not pay her enough. Poor Janice, we just, she just couldn't handle it anymore. She just had to go. Just kidding. She is gonna, Her and Charlie both are going to miss uh, seeing us and being here. But they're going to keep dropping in, and we are glad for that. So we're going to continue our little Christmas venture here. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 2, uh, is where we're going to be studying today. And we're going to continue this idea of the gift. We talked last week about this wonderful gift that God has given us. And the gift was his son, his very presence on this earth to model for us how we are to live. And then his death, his burial, resurrection, uh, to give us that promise of eternal life and hope moving forward. But there's something about gifts, right? I love a good gift. Gifts are amazing. Gifts are wonderful. And sometimes there's gifts, so there are gifts that will change your life. I can think about all kinds of gifts and I I go back and I think about legitimate gifts that I've received and I always go back to the gifts that I got from my dad. Now they didn't change my life but they impacted my life not because of the gift that it was but because I knew my dad spent time intentionally to find something big to get me. And the way that I knew that it was from dad was that it showed up Just a couple of days before Christmas, and he has a very distinct writing. It's all caps, it's block form, and it meant so much to me to crawl up under the tree, to see whatever size gift it was, it really didn't matter, but to see two son from dad. And it was huge for me. It meant something to me. It moved me in, in different ways and I still look forward to those gifts because he still does it. It's kind of cool. And it's something that I've done with my kids now that is special to me. They probably don't give a rip about it except the fact that it's a gift. But for me, it's special that I've taken the time to think about them intentionally and bought something specifically from them, or to them from me because I want them to know how special they are to me. And there's been gifts that I've received that Literally have changed my life the gift that god gave me with with soccer to be able to play that in college that changed my life It gave me a new direction the smarts that he gave me with mathematics That was a nice gift and that that changed my life It put me in uh, In the space to where I heard him again to call and say hey I want you to be the youth pastor and then I want you to be pastor So there's different gifts that god has given me that have changed the course of my life throughout my life the gift of sally The gift of my children, the gift of this church, we don't see those as gifts, but the reality is everything that we have are gifts from God and they change our life, hopefully for the better, depending on how we leverage them. But there is a gift that will change your life no matter what, if you choose to trust it. And I know that a lot of us that are sitting here this morning have trusted the gift that God has given us, which is his son, Jesus. But maybe some of us that are here this morning are kind of toying with it. Some of us may not even realize that there's a gift out there waiting for you to unpackage. But there is. And I want to talk to you about a story today about some men who were very wise, who discovered this gift and it changed their life forever. God offers all kinds of things, right? Let me me just remind you of some gifts that he offers. He offers heaven. Now, many of us, when we got saved, especially early on, that's why we got saved, because we didn't want to go to hell, we wanted to go to heaven. Amen? It's called fire insurance, it's all good. A lot of us did that. But as we got into this walk, and into this relationship, and into this life of following God with all that he has blessed us with, with all of our heart, all of our soul, mind, and strength, we are finding that this gift isn't just about heaven. That's just a bonus. The gift is experiencing his presence within our lives. But a gift that he offers us is heaven. Another gift that he offers us is the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are great gifts that we should allow out of our life to impact those around us and honestly, just to make us nice people. That's why they're there, because we can be really rotten. I mean, just look around at our nation and our world, and we see how true evil people look, and we do not want to be named among that. Not that we're better, not that we've got anything over them, but when we find Christ, that old life of ourselves goes away, and we are new And we are made new through Christ, through his spirit who indwells in us, who moves within me. And I know for many of us that's kind of like weird talk. But for me, I know it to be true and for real and it doesn't weird me out at all. In fact, when it doesn't work, I get worried. Because I like the way that he moves within me. I like the way that he directs me. I like the way that he causes me to think. I like the way that he causes me to act. And I love the suggestions that he gets me of, hey, you probably should do this. Those are valuable to me. And then just to have the fruit of the spirit, those are just bonuses as well. But then he promises his presence. You ever feel lonely? With him, you don't have to. When we are new creations in Christ and we are feeling lonely, part of it is maybe some other things that are going on inside of our bodies, but part of it too is maybe we're not diving in as close to him as we should. Because we are promised that his spirit is always with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And if we are feeling lonely, it may be that we have made a conscious choice to kind of be lonely. And I know there are other things that play into it, so don't put everything in one basket. All I'm suggesting is a lot of times we are lonely for no reason. And then one of the gifts that he gives us is confirmation. I love confirmation. You ever make a decision and you weren't quite sure, but you really felt like God was leading you in this direction, and then later on, somehow, some way, he confirms it? I love that. There's a lot of times he'll confirm it before you even get into it. Because in scripture he's already told you what you're supposed to do. So it's already many times been confirmed. But there are times where you make decisions like Sally and I made when we moved up here. We thought this is where, we were pretty confident this is where he wanted us to go. But you never are quite sure until you get here and then it was confirmed. Those are gifts, man. Those are, hey, you obeyed me, you followed me. Let me encourage you a little bit to let you know that you did the right thing. I love that stuff. I love it. So let's get into Matthew chapter 2. Because there are all of those things in this passage. And in Matthew chapter 2, we're going to study and look at the story of the wise men today. In chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 1. It says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. It is uh, strongly believed that these are oriental men because they're coming from the east, which is where all that is, and they're coming to Jerusalem to find Jesus, the king of the Jews. And here's what they say in verse 2. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Now, they're all the way over somewhere else, and they know that the king of the Jews has been born. Does word travel that fast? No, because that's not really what's happening here. Something else is going on. Watch what they say. For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now that, there's a lot there. These men study astrology. They study the the writings, the ancient texts, the, the history. And they are putting all of these prophecies and astrology together and they see this magnificent star and they recognize based on their studies that this star represents something special. It's also believed that many times when a comet or a star like this was seen that something special was happening. So when they saw this star probably in their mind they're like oh well let's dig in let's see what's supposed to be here. And they find that it was Jesus who had been born king of the Jews. Now, when they shared all this with Herod in verse 3, Herod the king heard this. He was troubled. Why would he be troubled? Because he's the king. And now the other king's here and now we're going to have to war. And all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So now Herod, who should have known the scriptures, who should have known the history that something special was going to happen... And really they had been waiting for it, but 400 years of silence, nothing has happened yet. So they kind of got tired of waiting. So now they want to know, well, if he's here, let's find out where he's at. So they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you Bethlehem in the land of Judah and not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel, then Herod. When he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. So now he's become a detective. He's called on his smart guys. They've revealed to him the writings of the ancient text. And now he's concerned. So he calls these wise men in and he wants to know, okay, how long ago was this? Like, how long you been following this thing? How long you been studying this thing? So he sends him in verse 8 to Bethlehem and says, Go and search for the young child. And when you have found him, bring uh, back word to me that I may come and worship him also. He's such a king. When they heard the king, they departed and behold the star which they had uh, seen in the east went before them. It's moving, by the way. It's moving. Went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, now notice that this is a house now. So there's been some time that has passed. If you'll notice a verse or two ago, Herod said, the young child. He didn't say baby. Now we're at a house. We're not at a stable or a barn or the inn. We're at a house. So time has passed. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. What an interesting story. Now, we know later on that Herod gets really concerned because these men do not go back to him. And he has all of the young males, two years and under, killed. Now, why would he pick two years? Why didn't he just say all the babies? Because again, time has passed. This isn't right after. I know a lot of times we have uh, the the three wise men at the manger scene with the shepherds and everybody else. Sorry to burst your bubble. Didn't happen that way. Might as well build a house and put them there because that's where they went. They went to a house. And so there's so many different things that we can see in this passage that really apply to us with these wise men. So let's look at that. Let's talk about the wise men first. You've heard them called the Magi, but they are Oriental. They they come from the Orient. They are from the East. They're astrologers. They are studying the stars. They know that something special is happening. Maybe it was a comet that looked like a big star. Maybe it was literally the big old star that we see so many uh, times depicted and it's just moving all the way. Doesn't matter what it is, it was enough to catch their attention and create some interest for them to follow it. They were educated. These men show up to King Herod without fear, saying, Hey, we've read the text, we've studied the stars, we know what's going on. The king of the Jews is here based on what we've read. Where is he? They're smart men. They know how this works. They just want to honor this king, they want to represent the Orient and say, We see you. Because there's something different and special about this king of the Jews. And they are truth seekers. Now I find this interesting because they're kind of scientists, but scientists are truth seekers too. They want to know the truth. They want to dig deep. They want to find it. And these men have read, they're educated, they know what to expect. Now they're using the science of the stars of what's moving here and they're putting all of this together because they want to know truth. They want to see, is what I read and what I'm seeing matching? Man, I wish we as Christians were like that. We say we love truth. We say we are truth seekers. But when we hear something that moves us, that's where it stays. We don't seek it out. We don't put it to the test. We don't go back and read it for ourselves, do a little extra reading and studying, and then actually look for it to play out in our lives. That's what a truth seeker is. These men are modeling for us exactly how we should be. When you hear from God or hear from his word or a song moves you or that spirit of God that lives within you piques your interest about something, study whatever it is and put it to the test to see the truth that lies behind it. It's what we do in schools. So parents, if we're expecting our children to do that, why in the world would we not expect you ...to do that with your Christian walk. Hello? At some point... ...this Christian life that we say we are living... ...has to stop being about just Sunday mornings... ...and showing up and filling a seat... ...to actually doing something with what God has gifted us. At some point. So here's some things that they did. We know that they studied... Micah 5.2 says, But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. These are prophecies from the Old Testament. Old writers, 400 years before the birth of Christ, that are writing this. And these oriental men are seeing these prophecies. And so they know. This is where he's going to be born. It's right here. In fact, when Herod gets his wise men in, they say, Herod, how can you not know this? It's right here. We see it. Another one. Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. There are so many different Old Testament prophecies that have been confirmed now because of the birth of Christ. But these men didn't know that yet. All they had were the things that they had read and the things that they had seen. And that because of their studying, they found truth. You ever had a question about how we're supposed to live life? For instance, I'll give you one of mine. Growing up. Drinking was always just, no way, can't do it, it's in scripture, you should not have a beer, you should not have a drink, it's in there, you gotta know it, and just believe it and stand on it. That's how I felt all my life, until I got a little bit older and started studying it for myself, and realized, oh, it actually says a little bit different. And then, without anybody else, I dug into the word, and I spent some time with God, and I landed on my own spot, based on scripture. And I know many of you are thinking, what is that? Go study it for yourself. (laughs) Because it's in there. And you will probably land in the same place that I have. Because it's fairly clear. But what about all this other stuff? What about premarital sex? It's in there. Just doesn't say that. It's got some other bigger words. But it's in there. Study it. If you want to know, stop waiting for somebody to tell you and actually allow the spirit that you claim that lives within you to use his own very words to tell you. It's an amazing thing. That's all these men have done. They studied what was in front of them and they used it to guide them to truth. Amen? And we have the greatest guide ever right there. And so they studied and we know that they studied. Because that's what they said. Here's another thing that they did. Not only did they study, but they sought. They sought it out. They left the Orient. They left the East and came traveling. Not knowing what they were going to find, whether it's true or not. But because of their studies and because of what they saw, they were putting the two together and assuming that something has to be up. And so they sought it. Numbers 24, 17. The star was actually foretold all the way back in Numbers. I see him, but not now. This is Balaam, the prophet that is speaking here. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob. A scepter shall rise out of Israel and batter the brow of Moab and destroy all the sons of Tumult. He's not a prophet. He is a priest at this point. But he says, I see what's coming. It's a star. And that star is going to come. And he's going to hold some power. He's going to rule. And what was he talking about? Jesus. The coming of the Christ. All the way back there. Folks, this whole Christmas story that we've made it into, so much more. It's so much deeper and broader than we could ever imagine. But they studied it and they sought it But there's still the third aspect that they had to do. They had to accept it. Listen, I've studied a lot of things, and I've sought a lot of things, and I still don't want to believe it. Many people believe that we've never been to space. Many people believe that the earth is flat. Many believe Bigfoot is real. There are lots of things that we spend our time in investigating and studying and seeking that we still can't accept. But let me tell you something. Jesus, you can study him, you can seek him, and you can absolutely, without a doubt, accept him 100%. He will not become void in your life. He will not be empty and useless I promise you, if you 100% fully allow him to be Lord of your life, you, number one, will never regret it, but you will never be alone, and you will always be active in this Christian walk. Because when you study him, there's so much about him that is unreal. It is amazing how great he is and amazing he is and how awesome he is and the more that you learn about him and realize that's who i'm serving that's who i'm allowing to be lord of my life i want to be like him and the more that I study him, I want to seek him more. I want to see him at work in others' lives. I want to see him at work in my, uh, my town's life, in my state's life, in my nation's life, in my church's life. I want to see him. I want to seek him out to see what he's about and what he's doing. It's why many of you come. You are seeking. Did you know that? Hopefully you're not here just to fill a seat. To do your due diligence because it's Christmas time. Hopefully you're here because I want to know this guy. I want to see what he has to offer because I want peace and joy in my life. But you have to accept it. You have to accept it. No questions asked. When they showed up, they knew immediately who he was. They didn't ask, hey, is this Jesus? Is this the king of the Jews? Because the star of what they Followed because of what they read and where the star stopped, they knew this is the king. When Jesus shows up and he does something in your life, it will be so spectacular, there will be no doubt as to what it is. When God has done things in my life, when he called me to preach, the first time that I told him no, I knew exactly who it was and just was miserable because I didn't want to the second time he showed up I was still miserable but I knew that the only way to get out of that misery and to find true joy is to finally accept it and to follow it many of you this morning are sitting here a little miserable Because he's working on your heart about certain things, whether it's to follow him fully or maybe to make some different decisions in your life or to do something different. And you're miserable and you're wanting, God, relieve this. And all he's saying is, I'm right here. I just need you to follow me. I just need you to trust me. I just need you to accept what I'm asking you to do, that that's what's best for you, not what you think is best. That's what's hard for us. But if you want that peace, if you want that joy, if you want all the gifts that God's offering you, you've got to study him, seek him, and accept it. Listen, all that they had known, believed, and hoped for was true. Everything that these guys had studied, all the things that they believed that this star was going to lead them to him, and hoping that it would be true, it was. What great confirmation that had to be. And the star proved it. Now, does that mean we're all going to get a big star over those big decisions that God's asking us to do? I'm not going to say no. Because I do think there are times where all the signs are just pointing like, do it now. Like you've seen the cartoons where like, bomb is here. Like don't go, y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay, just make sure y'all left me. I could see y'all just leaving right there. But there's times where that's it, and there's times where it's not, that he just needs us to trust him. But for the wise men, the star absolutely proved it. And it's much like Elizabeth. Elizabeth. You remember the story of Elizabeth and Zechariah? Remember Elizabeth was pregnant uh, with John the Baptist just a short time before uh, Mary was with Jesus and their cousins. And I want you to notice what happens when Mary, who is pregnant with Jesus at this time, shows up at Elizabeth's house, who is pregnant with John the Baptist. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leapt in her womb. So she's just walking around doing her thing. I don't know how this works or feels. But I've talked to a woman who knows. And as she's just walking around doing a thing, she hears Mary's voice come in, and the baby inside of her belly leaps, jumps, stretches, punches, kicks, something. It reacts. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Confirmation. That was her star. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and saying, "'Blessed are you among women, "'and blessed is the fruit of your womb.'" She didn't even know why Mary was there yet, but because of the way that John the Baptist moved within her belly and the way that God confirmed it for her, she automatically knew what was going on before Mary was even able to tell her. But why is this granted to me is her question. That the mother of my Lord should come to me, for indeed as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Blessed is she who, say it with me. Someday, I hope that we as individual believers can get to the place that when God speaks immediately, we're on board. Not saying that we're not there. I'm not saying that we are there. I'm just saying hopefully someday it will be just that easy. When we hear his voice, his spirit leaps within us, confirms that it's him, and we're all in no matter what it is. And here's the part that I really love about these wise men. They protected what they knew. They protected this choice they're seeking and they're studying and they're accepting and trusting that this is the king of the Jews they protected it they trusted what they had seen they knew that this was different but it's not just about what they saw in Jesus because they had a vision and what was this vision it was a vision of an angel telling them hey you need to leave Herod is got bad plans in a bad way for this baby for this child and you do not need to go back to him And we see in the end of the story that they leave a different way. They don't go back the same way that they came. They left differently. Now they listen to the angel. Now these are guys of science. These are guys of listening to their studies and listening to the stars. These are men who listen to the facts. But this angel in a vision, in a dream speaks to them directly and says, do not go back to Herod, bad idea. And so they don't. They make a conscious choice to leave a different way and to go back somewhere else. They left differently than they came. When's the last time you left differently than the way you came in? Now, I know when we go out to eat, we always leave differently than when we came in, right? Oh, right? But when's the last time you entered a church service and you left differently than the way you came in? When's the last time you entered a prayer time with God and you left differently than the way that you entered? When's the last time when you dove into His Word and you stopped? That you were different than when you started. Now listen, I'm not asking that every single time that happens. But what I am suggesting is that this same God that impacted these wise men, impacted the shepherds, impacted everyone else around them, can still impact you and still change you. But you've got to study it. You've got to seek it gotta accept it but you gotta protect it there are so many things out there in our day and age right now that they are just absolutely trying to steal the joy that you have of your heavenly father trying to steal this trust and hope that he is embedded within you we as believers must fight to protect it amen amen I'm not saying we got to all bear arms and come in with our ARs and be. Re- it's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the spiritual battle that is happening that 90% of Christians aren't even closely to paying attention to. There is so much happening behind the scenes that we have to open our eyes and fight to protect the spirit that lives within us, and that goes against everything that we're about. Because in my human nature, I want to pout. I want to be dramatic. I want to be selfish. I want what I want when I want it and how I want it. And I don't care what anybody else wants. That's me. That's Alan. But when I am living with the Spirit of God within me, that must die. And the gift that He allows me to experience is His presence in my life. With the love, joy, peace, patience, and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control that his spirit alone provides. Folks, this gift that we have, we need to really start studying it a lot more. Don't wait for your pastor to teach you. Don't wait for your Wednesday night teacher to teach you. Don't wait for your small group to inform you. You have a set of eyes, you are able to read, and you have a brain that God has blessed you with. But you also have something even more important. His own spirit, who knows his words better than anybody and can explain to you and help you understand what is going on. And if you need help, I'm always here. Well, not next month, but I'm usually here. man we have got to protect it we've got to do everything that we can to protect what god has got going on inside of us we've got to keep studying it we've got to keep seeking it and we've got to trust it with every ounce of trust that we have acceptance of this gift brings a bonus when we accept christ when we allow him to be lord of our life the bonus that he gives us is his holy spirit i know we don't preach about that a lot but man, it's the greatest gift. You got to study it. You got to seek it. You got to accept it. And you got to protect it. That's why we celebrate Christmas because it reminds us of the greatness of our God. This is the life-changing gift. As the praise team come, let me ask you a couple of questions. Number 1. What have you done with this gift? This is probably more for believers that have accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior and submitted all that they have to him and surrendered all. What have you been doing with it lately? Is it gathering dust and cobwebs in the corners of your heart? Is it logged away in those boxes in the back of your brain that just kind of gets pulled out at Christmas time when you need it? Or are you exercising it? Are you seeking it and studying it and trusting it and protecting it? Number two, What more does God need to do to convince you that he's the way, the truth, and the life? For many of you, you may be waiting to try to later on decide to follow him, but you know he's pulling at your heart. You know it beyond a shadow of a doubt because it's that weird feeling that you can't get rid of and you can't explain it, and it only comes up at certain portions when he's being talked about. And you know it. What else does he have to do to convince you that he loves you? And he offers you more than you can find anywhere else. For you believers, what are you doing to protect this gift? Are you being careful at what you're watching? Are you being careful as to what you are listening to? Are you being careful as to what you're studying and reading after? Are you being careful as to who you're hanging around and who you're allowing to be a part of your life? Are you protecting the joy that God has blessed you with? And then lastly, have you allowed this gift to change your life? are you still living the same way you've always lived? God offers so much, so much more than you could ever imagine. In just a moment, I'm going to pray. We're going to sing. And while we're singing, you can handle business with God right in your seat. You can talk to him and have an honest conversation. And you may say, Alan, I don't know how to pray. Great. Just talk to him. Have an honest conversation with him as if he were talking to me. You know, one of the things that I try to do when I get real distracted and I can't really focus my prayers, I try to hone in on his face as if he's sitting right in front of my nose and I'm just talking directly to him. That helps me because my brain can get flying. Talk to him. You don't have to know all the right words. In fact, if you just start the conversation, you might be surprised at how well it will go. You might just be surprised. You can come to the altar and pray. I'll be standing up here. I'll be happy to pray with you. But talk to him this morning because I know, I know in a room this size, he's talking to you. Will you listen? God, I love you. I praise you. And I thank you for just being an amazing God. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for the way that you interact in our lives and bring confirmation when we study and when we seek you and when we accept and trust you. Thank you for the story of the wise men, and God, may we be like them, willing to risk everything to go in your direction, and when we find what we have been searching for, which is you or whatever new thing you're trying to teach us, may we leave differently. May we not go back the same way. Lord, I know that there are hearts here that you are working on. I pray that you would break through, give them the courage, lovingly make them miserable until they decide to follow you. Move within hearts today. We love you, we praise you, and thank you in Jesus' name. Oh glory to God. i so much for coming today. It is the Christmas season. Christmas is this week. Do not forget that Christmas Eve happens uh, with our Christmas Eve service at 630. Tim has got a very special night planned for you. Please make sure to be here. It'll be a candlelight service as well. And as he mentioned before, we are going to be revamping our kids wing. It's going to take a couple of months. So the kids wing is going to be closed off, but all the kids stuff is going to be moved across the way. And we're going to be making some changes to some rooms just to accommodate that. Most of the funds have already been raised for this project, but we are about between thirty dollars and $40,000 short of the $100,000 project that it is. So if you would consider end of the year gift, first of the year gift, however you can help, we would greatly appreciate it. Just mark uh, on your gift for uh, children's renovation. This is to open up the space, make the rooms a little bit bigger, and to give it an, uh, a definite needed uh, better look. Uh, there has not been touched since I moved here in 2005. 2005, that's a long time. It needs to be updated. So be prayerfully uh, considering that. We would greatly appreciate your help in that. Um, God bless you. Thank you for coming. Last little thing is this. When you leave, do not use the doors to my right. Please use all the doors to the left and just keep moving out. We've got a little situation. So I know that's going to tempt you to Look. Please don't look. Just keep moving out. We would greatly, great. Everybody got that? Greatly appreciate it. Move that way and keep moving. God bless you. Have a great week. We will see you very soon.
1: Glory to God in the highest.
0: Glory to God evermore.
1: through the silence, Christ the Savior is born, Jesus, the love song of God. You're the love song, you're the love song, you're the love song, you're the love. Song. You're You're my love song